0: Hi, my name is Dustin Rounceval with Rounceval Farms in Tyler, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture.
1: Hello, Texas. It's always great to be back with you for another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, it seems like we just finished planting the sorghum crop here in Texas. But just as soon as we get finished planting, it's time to start harvest. Farmers in the Rio Grande Valley have been running combines in sorghum fields. We'll have an update coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: What opportunities will farmers receive from the hemp processing plant coming to Dumas? I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today.
3: Roadway safety precautions to avoid sparking a wildfire during the Independence Day holiday weekend. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have some precautionary measures from the Texas A&M Forest Service on Texas Ag Today.
4: During hot, dry summers, weedy hosts dry up and grasshoppers fly in search of green plants. With continuing warm and dry conditions, grasshopper populations can become problematic. I'm Dr. Vanessa Olson from Overton.
1: We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up sorghum planting just wrapped up in the most northern parts of texas just in time for sorghum harvest to get underway in deep south texas bryce wilde farms in the rio grande valley and he says he's harvesting one of his best sorghum crops ever
5: you know it's, it's been fantastic
6: it's probably one of the better years we've had as far as yields go consistently across where we farm so with high prices and great yields, it's hard to not have fun. We're about to wrap it up, probably got a couple more days, and then we'll be finished off.
1: Wildy says there were some challenges this year with high temperatures and high winds, but one very timely rain made all the difference in this crop.
6: Yeah, we had early uh, underground moisture to start with, so that sure helped a ton from the fall. And then we got about five or six inches right during grain fill that really finished this crop off for us you know we had a little bit of heat a lot of wind this year but that rain saved our bacon and i kind of shudder to think what we would be like without that one rain we had it finished us off and put us in good shape
1: willie's corn crop is looking excellent also he started corn harvest earlier this week The recent Cattle on Feed report showed record numbers of cattle in the nation's feedlots, and that trend is holding here in Texas also. The number of cattle in Texas feedlots right now totals 2.94 million head. That's up 3% from a year ago. Texas A&M Livestock Marketing Specialist David Anderson.
6: On feed numbers for June were record large for June. So we've kind of continued that trend of a bunch of months in a row of some record large numbers. You know, we've got plenty of cattle on feed. I think that translates to plenty of beef production uh, over the
1: next few months. It's an unusual situation to have record numbers of cattle going into feedlots while the nation's cow herd is shrinking. And that seems to show that we're pulling lighter weight cattle ahead
6: placements were down just over 2%, but placements were larger than a year ago in the lightest weight categories, those categories under 700 pounds. uh, The categories of heavier animals over 700 pounds were all below a year ago. So, you know, we're we're pulling some animals into the feedlots ahead, uh, placing lighter weight animals. And, you know, some of that's related to drought as well, but I suspect some of that's also related to what's out there to place, and that's lighter weight animals.
1: Here in Texas, feedlots placed 465,000 head last month, down one percent from a year ago, while marketings were 415,000 head, down three percent. What opportunities will farmers receive from the new hemp processing plant coming to Dumas? James Hunt answers that question.
2: As we talked about yesterday, there are plans to open an industrial hemp processing plant in Dumas. Kyle Huttenlocker, CEO of Environmental Living Industries, says the company is making inroads in lining up Panhandle Area Farmers. Although initially, some producers had to be assured they weren't being asked to grow marijuana.
7: Once we kind of came over that hump with some of the farmers and they started to see the implications for water conservation, fertilizer and, and herbicide reduction, and just how lucrative it can be for them as a tremendous rotator crop. They really got on board.
2: The plant isn't scheduled to open until next year, but Hutton Locker says hemp is already being grown locally for the
7: company. I will I haven't asked their permission to put their name out there, but we're working with two very prominent, well-respected farmers in the area on a trial crop right now. It's about 100 total acres. The purpose of that is to really understand how well it grows in the particular region and exactly what inputs are required for it so that we can go...
2: Hutton Locker says the Dumas plant will need about 2,500 acres of hemp in the first year. Over time, that could grow to about 20,000 acres, but Hutton Locker says they want to scale up carefully to avoid pitfalls such as happened previously with CBD.
7: Some of the CBD producers went to farmers and made really big promises that you you could grow thousands and thousands of acres and we're going to buy it at a premium. And then the market kind of bottomed out.
2: If you're interested in perhaps growing hemp for environmental living industries, Contact them through their website, eli.inc. That's E-L-I dot I-N-C. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: Lots of cars will be hitting the roadways this holiday weekend. Tom Nicoletti says all of those cars have the potential to start a wildfire that could burn more Texas farm and
3: ranch land. The American Automobile Association estimates that 42 million people will be traveling by vehicles somewhere across America this Independence Day holiday weekend. A large number of that AAA forecast will be hitting the highways and roadways in Texas. Along those highways and roadways are hundreds of thousands of acres of very dry vegetation due to the devastating drought across Texas. Karen Stafford with the Texas A&M Forest Service in Lufkin says people in rural, suburban, and urban areas of the state all need to be very careful not to start a wildfire while driving their vehicles in what has already been a very busy wildfire season in Texas.
4: Well, we know that Texans are going to also be traveling through this holiday, whether you're going to visit family and friends or, you know, going to the lake, maybe you're pulling your boat or a camper. But be very aware of your tow chains on any trailers that you're towing and make sure those chains aren't dragging and coming in contact with the road surface because that could also cause sparks and send those sparks into the the grass on the sides of our roads and highways or into the medians, which could spark a wildfire as well.
3: Yes, uh, a high percentage of the state is uh, currently ranging from abnormal Normally dry to exceptional drought because of the drought in Texas and the excessive heat. So certainly uh, this weekend is critical that people uh, adhere to this advice.
4: Yes, and we just urge all Texans to use caution through the holiday, through the weekend. Some areas may be experiencing some rainfall over the next couple of days, but we're still in a, a serious drought across much of the state. So please just be careful with your out- outdoor activities.
3: That is Karen Stafford with the Texas A&M Forest Service. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The hot, dry conditions we're
1: experiencing across Texas increase problems with grasshoppers. 4-H specialist Dr. Vanessa Olson tells why.
4: Grasshopper eggs are deposited in the soil half to two inches deep in weedy areas, fence rows, ditches, and hayfields. The eggs hatch in the spring and early summer. Eggs of different grasshopper species hatch out at different times, So young grasshoppers can be seen throughout the spring and early summer. Young grasshoppers called nymphs feed for about six weeks. Once nymphs reach the adult stage, they can fly. Although grasshoppers complete only one generation a year, eggs hatch over a long period of time. Development from egg to adult requires about 40 to 60 days. Grasshoppers can persist until late fall when adults begin to die or when a killing frost occurs. Eliminating weeds will starve young hoppers and later discourage adults from laying eggs in the area. Control the grasshoppers in the weedy area first with insecticides, or be ready to protect nearby crops if they become infested. Grasshoppers deposit their eggs in undisturbed soil, as in fallow fields, road banks, and fence rows. Grasshoppers are susceptible to many insecticides. However, insecticides typically do not persist more than a few days, and grasshoppers may soon reinvade the treated area. The length of control will depend on the use rate and residual activity of the insecticides and the frequency of retreatment. Controlling grasshoppers over a large area will reduce the numbers present, which can reinfest a treated area. Monitor grasshopper infestations and treat threatening infestations while grasshoppers are still small. Immature grasshoppers are more susceptible to insecticides than adults. This is Dr. Vanessa Olson with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension in Overton for Texas Ag Today.
8: New research could change the way we improve quail population growth. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today.
1: And many dogs and cats are scared of a visit to the vet. Texas Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas youth can expect the best in life by holding themselves to the highest standards. And the Texas Farm Bureau can help students put together the pieces that make up a successful leader. Through our Student Success Series, students in 8th through 12th grade can learn more about leadership, networking, and personal professionalism. Registration for Student Success Series is open now. Find out more information at
0: texasfarmbureau.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Many dogs and cats are
1: scared of a visit to the vet, but Dr. Bob Judd says medication can
9: help. Anxiety and fear is a major problem with pets when presented to veterinary clinics. Many times the animals are so fearful and anxious that there is a danger of injury to the pet, the owners of the pets, or the veterinary staff, as lots of animals display aggression when stressed. It is really stressful on the animals to go through this and could affect their health. Also, if the animals are this stressed, fearful, and aggressive, the veterinarian is likely not going to be able to examine the pet properly. I have heard clients say that although their pet needs to be seen by a veterinarian, they are reluctant to bring them in due to the difficulty handling them at the veterinary clinic. So using medications to decrease anxiety and fear can really be helpful in these patients, and we do have multiple medications that can be helpful. The veterinarians at Tufts University have developed what they call a chill protocol to help a pet chill out. This protocol involves giving a dog medication called gabapentin the night before the visit and again two hours before the veterinary visit. Also, melatonin is given two hours before the visit and the sedative acepromazine is also given orally 30 minutes before the visit. These drugs are safe and effective in most animals, although some animals will require injectable drugs when arriving at the vet's office. Cats also respond to gabapentin the night before and the day of the visit. Many veterinarians also use trazodone in the protocol for cats and dogs, but we never know which drug will work the best without a trial. The point is, we do have medications to help these pets, so call your veterinarian before your appointment. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: New research could change the way we improve quail population growth. Jessica Domel has more in today's Wildlife Report.
8: New research underway at Texas Tech University could change the way that we approach the supplemental feeding of quail. Dr. Brad Dabbert, who runs Texas Tech's Quail Tech program, says that their research has shown that broadcast feeding right into quail habitat allows quail to stay undercover, feed quickly, and avoid predators.
10: One of the things that we noticed the last drought we had that uh, people are comparing our current situation to was in 2011. And that's the year that we started our broadcast supplemental feeding experiments. And we actually found that hens that had access to the broadcast supplemental feed, meaning that we broadcast it into the habitat, it's not in barrel feeders or on top of the road or anything. We had about 85% of hens there actually start at least one nest that year in that bad drought, whereas the birds that didn't have access to the supplemental feed, only about uh, 15% tried a single nest.
8: Quail Tech was broadcast feeding a sorghum food, and Dr. Dabbert says that they learned that sorghum, although a high-energy food, didn't have the amount of protein that growing chicks need. So this year, they're also broadcast feeding brightly colored chick feed to encourage better chick body growth and survival. Dr. Dabbert notes that the habitat conditions must be right before broadcast feeding and predator management practices are effective for quail.
10: So you've got to have the correct herbaceous and woody cover, the nesting cover, the escape cover, and the brood cover there.
8: That was Dr. Brad Dabbert. Additional details on Quail Tech's research are available at quail-tech.org. That's quail-tech.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal.
1: USDA's acreage report caused a big drop in the corn market Thursday. That, in turn, boosted cattle prices. We'll take a look at all of Thursday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
8: This is Jessica Domel with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I've spent my entire life involved in agriculture, so I know how stressful farming and ranching can be. Things like the economy, finances, and the weather increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. That's where the Texas Stress Helpline comes in. Write this number down, 833-897-2474. That is 833-897-2474. If you can't write it down right now, Just remember, you can go to farmlifehelp.com. That is farmlifehelp.com. Even the toughest people need help sometimes. Don't wait. Call today.
0: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle closed
1: mixed on Thursday, but the feeder cattle market got a big boost from the drop in corn prices. USDA released their planted acreage report Thursday morning. The corn market reacted very negatively to that report, dropping sharply lower. And when you see a drop in corn prices like that, you usually get a boost on the feeder cattle market. We'll start with live cattle as we usually do. June live cattle up $1.20 on Thursday, closing at one thirty eight. even, the August up. Forty cents, one thirty-two fifty-seven. The October was down twelve cents, one thirty-eight seventy-seven. But on the feeder market, we were sharply higher. August feeder cattle up two eighty-seven, one seventy-three sixty. September feeders up two forty-five at one seventy-six twenty-two. The October up two twenty-seven at one seventy-eight sixty-seven. Cash fed cattle market this week here in the South. We're seeing most of our sales at one thirty-eight. That's steady to a dollar lower compared to last week. However, up north, they're still seeing much higher prices. Live trades anywhere from 147 to 151. That's a buck higher than last week and set a new record for the year. Boxed beef prices lower on Thursday. Choice down a dollar, 263.88. Select down 41 cents at 240.40. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble.
11: Bill Brockenbush and crew put together a good sale every Monday at Giddings Livestock. Bill, how did this last Monday's sale go?
5: Larry, we had 1,770 cattle, 515 cows.
11: Walk the pens with us
5: all right your steers 300 and back average around 148 bring up to two dollars three to four weights 154 to 190. Four to five weights 155 to 195 five to six weights 152 to 170 six to seven weights 144 to 155 seven to eight weights 128 to 148 the heifers average 300 and back average around 128 brought up to 180 three to four weights 141 to 185 four to five weights 145 to 190. five to six weights 143 to 165 Six to seven weights, 132 to 152 and a half. Seven to eight weights, 120 to 140. High yielding cows, 80 to 97. Medium yielding cows, 56 to 79. Thin cows, 35 to 55. The bulls, the high yielding good bulls, dollar to $1. fifteen. The medium yielding bulls, 85 to 99. Had a few pairs. They brought up to 13 and a quarter. The red cows brought up to 1050 from six to 1050. So it was, it
11: was a good day. Good. Now no sale this next week?
5: No sir, we're not going to have a sale this week uh we Wish everybody
11: a a safe and happy 4th of July. Well, y'all have a good time, and we'll talk to you when you come back. Tell everybody how to contact you.
5: You can call me at 979-716-4395. Call the barn at 979-542-2274.
11: We appreciate y'all. Thank you a bunch. Yes, sir. Thank you, Larry. Neighbor, I do believe that's it for this edition of Walking the Pins. But you know what? I like it so much, I'll bring you another one tomorrow. I'm Larry Marble. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day.
1: Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now, We're lean hogs finished lower on Thursday. July hogs down 27 cents, 109.12. August hogs down $1.47 at 102.10. Class three milk was lower. July milk down 21 cents, 22.59. August milk down 44 at 22.89. 100 weight. The cotton market reacted positively to the USDA acreage report The Ag Department estimating planted cotton acreage in the U.S. at 12.5 million acres. October cotton up 66 points to finish the day at 105.64. The December up 136 points, 98.84 cents. However, the corn and wheat markets reacting very negatively to the USDA acreage and stocks report. USDA estimating corn acreage now at 89.9 million acres. Corn dropping sharply lower. July corn down 26 and a half at 743 and three quarters. September corn down 35 and a quarter, 628 and three quarters. December corn off 34 cents to close at 619 and three quarters. Wheat market taking a big drop as well after the report. July Kansas City wheat down thirty six and a half at nine forty eight and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down forty six and three quarters to close at eight sixty eight and three quarters. In the energy markets, August natural gas dropped ninety four cents, five fifty five. August crude oil down 396 at 105.82 a barrel. The financial markets lower Thursday afternoon. The Dow down 359 points at 30,670. The NASDAQ down 191, 10,986. The S&P down 48 points at 3,771. That wraps up our look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name is Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet,
0: Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org